Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A, the B-A-Q-A, the B-A-Q-A, Brown Ambition Question and Answer. You know, once a week, we like to jump on here and just do a a quick B-A-Q-A. Me and Mandra are geared up. If you have a question, which you know you do, we love to hear them. You can send it to us via Instagram. Our Instagram is, what's our Instagram again? At Brown Ambition Podcast. Right. So just make sure if you want to be anonymous to say so, or you can send us an, a question via brownambitionpodcast.com and press ask us anything. There's a button there. Um, is there any other ways that people can kind of submit an answer or question? Oh, you know, you can hit us up at our AGs at Mandy Money or at the Budget Nista, or did we already say brownambitionpodcast.com? Mm hmm. Ask mm-hmm. us anything. Ask us That's anything. That's about it. Yep. Okay. So you have career options. <laughs> There's Don't career, say we're not available. <laughs> career, career questions, business questions, finance questions. You know, we we here for all of it. Okay, you know, awkward mm. relationship questions. We'll take those too. We'll take those. Two. I wanted to. I saw a really cute email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail dot com is our email again. Really cute email from listener Kirsten who listened to last week's B A Q and A, which y'all should go back and listen to if you missed it. No, no worries. You can still catch it wherever you listen to podcasts where we talked about black women and the struggle that you can feel when you are a black woman and an introvert. So I just wanted to shout her out and read um, this little message that she sent that she sent us. So she says, Hey, thank you for talking about introversion. I grew up in a super white community. Sometimes I was the only black student at school and I struggled a lot with identity in my young adult years. I'm now in my mid to late thirties and it's only recently that I've come to realize that I often don't feel black enough because there was such limited representation. Black women are expected to be witty, quippy, and funny. Of course, even better if you can sing and dance and be the life of the party. An assumption that clearly has its roots in minstrelly, in minstrelly, and wait, minstrelsy, and I don't understand that yet. This caused much stress to my young self because Moesha and Brandy was probably the most famous young black woman on TV, at least in my community. So anyway, I felt seen. I wish my teen self had known you, Brown Ambition, were out there. Thank you for the good show, the excellent discussions. I'm starting to dig into Tiffany's book, Gick It With Money. It's going to change my life. I'm excited for your new venture, Mandy, and you're both such an inspiration. Kirsten, Kirsten, as a fellow girl who literally like a super white community where I was oftentimes too the only black girl in school. I remember my, my husband first met me, Mandy, because I mean, a, a lot of the, I've got like a lot more soul in my voice now. He thought that I was putting on an accent because I used to sound like this. Hi, my name's, I can't even do it. Mm. 
Oh, no. Yeah, my name is <laughs> Tiffany. And yeah, so how, like, it was, I, but it wasn't, I wasn't putting on. It was just, I grew up in this neighborhood and that's what I sounded like. He was like, when are you going to stop talking like that? I'm like, like what? He's like, 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 like that. Well, is that how you talk for real? <laughs> no. He used to literally have people come over. Yo, LaTron, come hear her talk. Say something. I'm like, first of all, he get out of my really face, Sherelle. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because of my husband, who he is, and living in Newark for so long, I got like a lot more soul in my voice. <laughs> you know, um, just because you know who you're around, you kind of like acclimate to. But I understand, like, because Moesha was, you know, that was the closest that I could see to like, yes, yeah, like um, a black kind of like woman superhero where I was like, oh, I feel similar, you know? Yeah. Well, Moesha was an unattainable goal for me at least now that's like at least there's various different black like versions of black teens and versions mm-hmm. of i was just talking to tiffany about this movie this new movie vivo on netflix which is so cute if you have kids or not even with kids i watched it by myself um with a nice bottle of wine and it was it was so cute and what i loved about it was a central character is a young girl who is alternative. She's like very punk. She has bright pink, purple hair. And the whole movie is around how she does not want to conform to the other kids. And she, her, her signature song is bounce um, to my own drum. And it's about bouncing to her own drum. And it is such a banger. You have to listen to this song. I have been dancing to it all day. But I was like, look at this. She's not the cute. She's not like the shy, quiet introvert. She's not like, you know, she's not awkward. She's just who she is. And she's like, I think I'm fabulous. I don't need a lot of friends. I just want to be here with my drum and my my magical monkey <laughs> and oh, playing my music. So uh, I love this. And thank you. Thank you, Kirsten, for, for sharing that with us. Yeah. That was really sweet. So we do have a quick question from Tracy in the DMB. Tracy, did you come see me, sis? Because I was in your area this past weekend. Anyway. Hey, BA. Is it a good idea slash even possible to open an IRA for my son who will be a college freshman in a few weeks. Thanks in advance. Tracy in the DMV. Thanks to you, I know what that means, and it's not the Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Remember when I got this all confused before and thought that I could open an IRA for my toddler son? But <laughs> little, little, little uh, fine print there is that they have to be working age and able yes. to earn an income at least. Yes. So I think, yeah, she should be able to open a if uh, he's working an IRA. That's the key. He has to, because an IRA is, for those who don't know, it's an individual retirement account. And so you can only have a retirement account if you're actually employed. And so, for example, like Supergirl is 14. And so Anjali, who is my amazing financial planner, certified financial planner, we're like, she's like, okay, what things does Alyssa do for the budgetista? Because we can start setting aside, we can open, um, Anjali suggested a actual, a Roth IRA for, did she say a Roth IRA? I don't remember her suggestion. Either way, an IRA. Roth IRAs is money that you set aside after taxes are taken out. And an IRA is money you set aside in retirement before taxes are taken out. So anyway, she told me to set up an IRA and then we could put up to, I think, uh, I want to say $6,000 a year. I believe it's either six or 6,500. I don't know. Because this is, last year was 6,000. Sometimes they, they, some years they raise it. But basically I could put up the maximum a year, which at that time was $6,000 a year into a list of my stepdaughter's um um, retirement account because she was actually working. So that's really the key is that like, if your child is working, yes. And she's at the time she was like, you know, 12. So the age is not as much of a factor as is that child working? Yeah. So if they're like a kid model or something like that, or mm-hmm. 
that oh, yeah, cute little baby to... on TikTok who oh, eats food and exactly. makes a lot of money from it. Exactly. That baby is working, honey. I'm working <laughs> overtime, dedicated. But to I would me. just say if he's going to be a college freshman in a few weeks, make sure he's involved because, you know, they should understand. Because mm-hmm. the only thing is if he, if they, he doesn't know what you're doing, he can't appreciate the gains over the years. So maybe involve him, show him a little something. He might roll his eyes. I don't know. Maybe he'll be into it, but try to involve him at least in the opening and explaining what, or let him choose what he's going to invest in, mm-hmm. you know, through his account. For sure. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350. 50 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Tiff. Now this question's a doozy. A doozy. I'm like, Are I'm strapping ready? in. I'm like, let me put I in my like seatbelt. <laughs> I need to do a shoulder roll. For real. It's like, a lot oh, of okay. words. Yes. But I want to help her. So this is an anonymous BAQA question. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read this slowly and thoughtfully. But it's a student loan versus investing kind of question. All right. So this listener says, I am currently renting out a condo that I bought when I was single and netting just under $500 a month. I want to maximize and leverage my profits. I'm considering a few options and need some help. I don't have any debt except for student loans and two mortgages, one on my main home and one on my rental. I owe about $48,000 on my student loans and I was silly and I refinanced out of my federal loans for a lower rate in 2019. My goal is to pay off my student loans ASAP. My payments are $730 a month, but I'm considering refinancing again for more breathing room. So here are some options she's considering. Again, her goal is to pay off her loans ASAP and try to leverage that $500 a month that she's getting from that rental. All right, so she thinks she has four options. Option one, don't refinance the school loan take $300 from her rental profit and put that on top of her student loan payment. So she'd be paying about $1,000 a month instead of 730. Number two, 
don't refinance the student loans. Take that $300 profit from her rental company and help that help to subsidize her 730 payment, which means $300 of that 730 would come from her rental profit and $400 would come out of her regular income. You still with me? Mm-hmm. All right, number three, refinance to a payment around four dollars to $500 a month. So she's talking about refinancing again to get a lower monthly payment and then invest $300 a month for a couple of years and attempt to bank a lump sum payment on her loans down the road. And four, four, say F them loans, <laughs> refinance to a payment around four to $500 a month, and then invest that $300 a month profit to save up and pay cash for my next car in a few years. Ooh. I should add, she says, that my husband and I are planning to start a family, but struggling with infertility treatments, so there's no guarantees. Mm. Also, I appreciate Tiffany's transparency so much. I never thought I'd cry during a finance podcast. Aww. Aww. Yes. Well, you know, we laugh, we cry, we make money. We're Girl, all here. the things over around here. All the, all the things. So all the things. I do you have a do you have a do you have a, what you think what you want what you want what you want to say? I mean, where do we start? So she's already in the situation she is where she's refinanced her federal loans to get the lower rate. So um, let's just start there and just tell people like, well, it's my opinion that for the most part, I really suggest people, and this is no shame to you, we're gonna call you um Brenda. Because Brenda had a baby and you're going to get that baby, Brenda. Okay? So for Tupac, for you Tupac loves Brenda had a baby. That's the song. Anyway. So Brenda. So this is no no shade to you, Brenda. But this is a good lesson for everyone. One of the reasons why Mandy and I, and Mandy, I've heard you say, well, I say this, that I really don't like for people to refinance out of federal student loans, um, even for a lower rate. Oh, because although the lower rate is very attractive, that there are some uh, rules in place that protect you with federal student loans that you can't get that same protection with a private loan. So for example, now we have this moratorium where for over a year now, you haven't had to pay any interest or any payment on your student loan. That does not apply to, to private student loans. This is only federal student loans. That's where that's where the federal government has agency over. And so I just just put that out there. So, but that, I mean, I understand why you did it. You know, like you know, you wanted to lower your payments. So I just want to put that out there first. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if she only just re, it, it sucks because you can you can only do you can make decisions based on the information that you have at the time. So mm -hmm. in 2019, it probably felt perfectly fine mm -hmm. to refinance her student loan out of federal debt with a private loan at a lower rate. But you know, if she had just waited till the pandemic hit, and 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 the the White House you know stopped student loan payments on federal loans and also stopped interest from occurring, that would have been nice. But hey, she didn't. That's, she is where she is. I would just wonder, you know, how much. I would do the math and you you don't say here if you've actually shopped around refi rates. You actually can. Um, I think a lot of uh, refi sites will actually let you do a soft credit check to see what your rate might be. Mm -hmm. So see if you can actually save and get a lower rate. It's only been a couple of years, um, but we all know rates have been falling, um, mm -hmm. you know, since the pandemic. So maybe you have such a substantial, you know, savings that it would make sense for you to refinance again. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like she wants to not just refinance for a lower rate, but actually refinance and stretch out to a longer repayment term. Because by stretching out the number of years she has to repay the debt, she could reduce her monthly payment, which would then free up an extra 300 bucks, which she could then put toward an investment um, or, you know, her save up for her car in the future, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that? If it was me, because, you know, 
We're not financial. We're not your financial advisor, nor are we financial advisors. We're just two girls, yes. two financial girlfriends, okay? <laughs> so if this was moi, I'm giving advice to not Brenda, but Tiffany. I would say, hey, Tiff, go ahead, girl. You already refinanced out of the federal student loan, so we're here now. I would go ahead and refinance again because why pay more when I can pay less? Hello? Um, so I would refinance. Now, I would check to see. I'd be hesitant to refinance for a longer term. But I would, you know, I'd be open to refinancing for the same length of time. And if I could save, you know, like an additional $100, $200, that would be awesome. Um, now, I, because student loans typically, especially if you're refinancing, because student loans, the interest rates are typically reasonable. And I'm assuming if you left federal student loans to go to this private student loans, they're fairly reasonable because federal student loan interest rates are, are fairly reasonable, meaning like not du- double digit interest then I would not, honestly, part of me says part four, F them loans partially. Meaning like, sis, you're not getting no more than me than this minimum. Cause girl, I have life to live. I would be giving my student loans this money. I would set it and semi forget it. I would use the excess money to grow wealth. I wouldn't even like, you know, like, you know, your car, that's cute. But honestly, I'd be using this excess money to grow wealth. You already have one investment property, maybe another, maybe put it into the market. So that's what I would be doing. I would say, you know, I'm going to refinance. I'm going to give the loans, whatever its minimum is, you know, and I'm going to use, this is what I did as a budgetista as well, as Tiffany. I had was really aggressive with paying off my credit card debt, paid them off. I'm talking about aggressive, all the money I had. And then I was like, dang, I really don't want to live in this room. I'd been renting a room because that's all I could afford. I don't want to be living in this room for next another four or five years because I want to be aggressive with paying off student loan debt. That's not my ministry. And Brenda, I don't believe it's yours as well. So instead, what I did was I paid the minimum to my student loans, I automated it, and then I focused my time, energy, and the rest of the money I had left over on growing wealth. And in that same five years, I could have been living in that room. At the end of five years, I had my lump sum, plus some. So I was like, ooh, I have a business. I've got the, mine was $52,000. I have the $52,000 plus an additional probably $100,000 I think I had saved by then. So I had all the things. So I never think that focusing on debt is the right place to place your energy because where your where your energy goes, that's what grows. And so refinance, Tiffany, I'm not talking Brenda because you know we don't give financial advice in that way. Tiffany, I would refinance. I would take that extra money. I would use it to grow wealth. And over time, as I got my lump sum, you know, then I could pay it off because I'd have, my assumption is I'm going to have additional money, not, not just the lump sum for the student loan debt. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the key here is that if you've refinanced to a longer term to lower your monthly payments, that you're actually doing something with that extra money and not just, you know, pocketing it for, for, to, to, you know, sustain your lifestyle or to improve your lifestyle, but saving it, investing it, like you said. I don't know so much about, like investing for a car that you're going to buy in the next few years. That's a, I mean, that's a longish, but it's not quite long enough for, for me to say, yeah, maybe put that money in the market. But, you know, you can set part of that aside for your, you know, in a cash savings account for your new car and be ready for that in a couple of years. And then, you know, invest the rest into a brokerage account. And there's my child screaming in the background. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a this is a real complex yes. and fascinating conundrum that I think a lot of people are in. But the key, like Tiffany said, is put that money to work and mm-hmm. don't just use it to, you know, that that's the kind of thing where if you don't automate it, like Tiffany said, mm-hmm. the money can easily disappear. Yep. 300 bucks is like three, you know, nice dinners out. And I mean, you'd be surprised how quickly it can go. So really, really being, yeah, really being thoughtful and putting that money to work is going to be the key here. Mm -hmm. And make the plan ahead of time. I tell this to 
everyone that the I'm actually reading this book, Atomic Habits, right now. You've heard of it, right, Mandy? By James. Of course, Clear. you're reading another book. Girl, Jeez, I know. God. I just finished David and Goliath by um, Malcolm Gladwell. I He's my fave. Girl, I mean, all I can look. do to read my email, Tiffany. <laughs> Yo, after this six weeks <laughs> off, I'm, I'm a change. Look at my skin glowing, girl. Uh, <sighs> this six weeks off has has changed me. So anyway, so I'm reading Atomic Habits, which is awesome. Well, one Tracy always shades me. She's like, you're not reading it. It's being read to you. Audible. That's I'm like, still whatever. reading. Girl, a hater's always going to be I a hater. I consider audiobooks reading. Yeah. My hey, Trace, the hater. Anyway, so I'm reading Atomic Habits. And one of the things that he said that I thought was really powerful, and we can kind of like close on this, is that people think that you have to have this like Herculean discipline, right? And what they found with people who are quote unquote super disciplined is not that they're so disciplined, it's that they have learned to create environments where they don't have to exercise discipline as much. You know, so it's not like, oh my God, you know, um, Mandy, you know, you're, you're so good at writing. You're such a disciplined writer. Yes, you are. But you created your she shed cave, your she cave. where The it, Zen you, Den. The Zen Den. I was like, what's the damn name? You created, what? you created a Zen Den, which, so if you have, if you were like, say writing at the, the dining room table, then you'd be less likely to write, but you've created an environment that's like, this is just for Mandra. And this is this is a, a creative space where my juices can flow. So what I will say to you, Brenda, and anyone listening, is that to, to before any money or or whatever comes in, to create the plan ahead of time and then set that automation up so you don't actually have to be as disciplined. You know, that literally automation is the new discipline. And Brenda, I'll say this because I know how hard, like, you know, the the journey is in, with IVF. I mean, I, you know, I'm on my last last run as it is right now. And so, I mean, you're allowed to feel bad and terrible about it. You know, people will tell you like, oh, you know, it's going to be all right. And I mean, I can't promise that it's going to work out. I don't know. But I do know that, you know, lean into your partner, lean into your family and friends and, um, you know, do what's right for you. Because people are like, well, why don't you just adopt? I'm like, you know, everybody's going to tell you their own opinion. And I just say that do what's right for you. You are allowed to feel um, however you want to feel about it. But know that it is not, I've learned this for myself, that it is not a condemnation of your character. There's nothing wrong with you. Quite honestly, it's a little bit troubling in that people don't talk about it, but human beings, fertility of human beings is down significantly. I mean, men and women, like, I mean, when I go to the clinic, I see women who are 26 all the way up to 40 something like me, you know? And my doctor said literally, you know, that fertility doctors around the, uh, around the world are like puzzled by like, wow, that it's not that people are just having less kids. You are way less fertile than your grandmother was way less fertile. And so, you know, you're not the only one struggling. When I found out that Michelle Obama, both her kids were IUI, which is instead of IVF, it's kind of like the turkey baster method to not to be so graphic, right? But you know that so many women, you'd be surprised. You're like, really? So, and so many women are struggling. So you're not alone in it. And that's why I talk about it. Even though that one girl said to stop, boo-boo, nana, boo-boo, still doing it. Um, No, I only do that just to be funny because, you know, I don't care what she has to say. But Brenda, you know, I am a sister in fertility struggle and you know, what will be, will be, and you will still be this amazing woman either way. And keep your money, sis. The, the, them, them government people can get it when you good and ready. F them loans. <laughs> <laughs> title of the episode right there. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, it should be. F them loans should totally be F title. them loans? That's the cue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank you for your questions. Again, hit us up, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on G on IG. We are at Brown Ambition Podcast on the gram. And if you have not shared this episode yet, stop what you're doing and share, share, share. Get the link. Share brownambitionpodcast.com, the link. Share with at least three different people. We want to expand our our reach. And I think so many people could just really use a little brown ambition in their lives. So absolutely until next b-a-q-a <laughs> i add the and in there you say b-a-q-a i'm always like b-a-q-a oh that's cute uh, though b-a-q-a oh i actually kind of like that b-a-q-a okay oh b-a-q-a okay <laughs> any of my little ideas <laughs> all right man. Right, well, i have to go i just got my birthday pictures back so i need to go look at myself oh yes Leo. girl you and that yellow that yellow was already <laughs> happened i was like well maybe be doing the most and i love it <laughs> I do what I can, okay? <laughs> All right, Tiffle, go get some rest. All right. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.